Hello, everybody, and welcome to the pre-payback 2016 episode of the By God Wrestling Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Chris Lipsko, and the two jokers joining me this week are, of course, the wrestling mastermind, Colin Barr. You're right, Colin? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I like how... Yeah, all right. Uh, and also uh, with us this week is uh, the wrestling historian and bike owner, Peter Chapman. You're right, Peter? That's me. All right. Yeah, you got you got your new Triumph. It's very exciting. I did. I got a new bike. It's absolutely lovely. Yeah, I sh- I showed my dad. He was very appreciative. Mm. Yeah, I showed it to uh, a friend of a friend that has like old classic Triumphs, and he was looking around it, going, "Oh, it's exactly like the ones from the sixties." I'm thinking, mm, not really. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice. Well, Do you enjoy the vibrations for the seat? Is that what you like about it? Yeah, right up there at the taint. Mm, nice. That's what everyone <laughs> wants. Just a nice bit of taint. A nice buzzing in your taint. Exactly. It's ideal. Uh, so, of course, plenty has been happening in between our last episode, which was just after WrestleMania, and now... Um, quite a few big things one of the things i would say is weirdly like wrestlemania feels like it didn't happen right we've kind of talked about this a little bit on the post wrestlemania podcast but even more so now like yep it it felt of com- utterly no consequence yep what was the point in shane mcmahon and the undertaker's match no point at all rubbish yeah on the other hand he seems to be doing a very good job of running raw even though he's not really running it it's not what the ratings say yeah, but it's what fan reaction seems to say. <laughs> yeah, it is much more entertaining, but ratings are the lowest I've ever been still. Decline. Yeah, but they've got to stick with it, I think. I think turning around now so. will just tank it even further. Like, yeah, and he's getting a lot of reaction himself, so I think yeah. it makes sense to keep him involved. Yeah, I think they've just got to stick with it and see what happens. Um, they're not they're not going to die. And USA, they're still like, everyone's like, oh, the ratings are down. It's like, they're still the highest rating thing on USA Network by miles. So USA- I don't know how much, like, raw ratings, I don't know how much that matters now. They've got the network. They're making, like, a billion dollars every like, quarter the, off that. The USA Network deal is quite big, I think. Like, that makes them is quite it? a bit of money as well. Yeah. Um, but, like I said, still, like... Um, like I said, the highest rated thing on that network, I believe. So they're not going to just drop them if the ratings get low. They're going to have to get quite a lot lower for it to be of any real concern. I think the ratings will only matter for selling ad space and for getting sponsors, but WWE generally attracts much more sponsorship and advertising money than any yeah, other I mean, program that's their, by the mm-hmm. nature yeah, of what it is. So really... Losing a hundred thousand viewers probably isn't going to affect that since it's already. Yeah, I mean they've already got like um, a bad demo for the show, so mm. it's a shame. Uh, other big deals. Um, we'll talk about that WrestleMania issue uh, at Payback. Um, we're going to get Vince picking between Shane and Stephanie for who runs the company. Well, who runs Raw? Sorry. Um, which is quite interesting because obviously Shane has been running it since WrestleMania every Raw. Uh, this week, Stephanie came out and was like, oh, I guess I exist as well. Uh, having not been there for like three weeks or whatever. Uh, like Shane Shane was on the one in London. Yeah, Shane f- flew to another country to be on Raw. <laughs> that was kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and also, like you were saying about WrestleMania, kind of weird that Stephanie's back this week and no mention, no mention made of getting speared by Roman Reigns. He's just gone. No. Fuck knows what's going on. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, it, I think that's going to be an interesting turn at um, Payback. I'm quite interested to see how that pans out, personally. Yeah, I think Steph is a fantastic talker in the ring. So, like, the energy she brings to a show is always good. Yeah. Um, I think she's even slightly better than Shane himself. Yeah. Um, I, and it's nice to have him back. Obviously, he's getting the big pop from the fans and stuff. So I think it, it, there are interesting directions this could go in. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are suggesting they should do a brand split and play off the sibling rivalry thing, which I think is a good storyline. It's actually probably a better storyline than the original brand split. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't think it will work. I don't think they've got the roster to pull it off at the minute. Too many people are injured. I think unless they literally just went out and like acquired TNA or Ring of Honor and all their talent, um, then they can't do it. I, at the minute really realistically they could actually probably acquire TNA right now TNA are kind of fucked at the moment uh, so they could do that but that's not an awful lot of talent um, and they could do something similar without actually splitting the roster so that no, one of them runs Raw and one of them yeah, runs Smackdown they, they could do that I just think the storylines would get a bit weird if they just keep overriding each other's decisions on different shows yeah, but there, I mean that. Well, yeah, that's a job for creative to solve, um, mm. which is probably the biggest worry in all of this is how they're going to cope. Yeah, well, they seem to be doing well so far. They're doing well with the Shane storyline and all that. I think they're doing reasonably well. Uh, well, they're doing reasonably well on the week to week stuff, but they're not. I mean, they didn't pay off the Undertaker match at all. No, I think if you, I, I think what I would say is if you if you look. If if you draw a line and start from the Raw after WrestleMania, ignore WrestleMania and just start from the Raw after WrestleMania, they've been doing a good job, and they've yes. built they've built well to payback as well. I think that's though he's got a lot of criticism before because the uh, WrestleMania hasn't been the payoff to the feuds because it's ran on like an extra few months afterwards, like rematches and dragging out storylines. Mm. This year, the fact we've wrapped everything up, finishing at WrestleMania, and just started the new the next night. Yeah, I mean that was really smart. So they have actually did what they're, I guess, supposed to do. Like yeah, WrestleMania is supposed to be a payoff, so they've actually done it properly that way. Yeah, there were, there were a couple of things that bled over in small ways, but most of, mostly it did wrap stuff up, which was really good. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Other big news, obviously, was the debut of Carl uh, Anson and Luke Gallows coming in from um, New Japan. Both looked really good. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the gimmick is. Like, I think it was weird for them to have that new ring gear and the t-shirts and all that shit yeah. before they have a name. Well, what Because I, they've got like hashtags on that nobody knows what they're supposed to mean. What I found weird with them was they were like, they had that really outsiders look going, right? Like classic mm-hmm. outsiders from WCW look really strong, looked really good. Uh, yeah. And then, they, then they've just gone for like super, like I would say very flamboyant ring gear. Like that's not uh, understated yeah, ring of. gear. Like no. if, if you're going to be constantly attacking people in jeans and t-shirts, either you need to wrestle in jeans and t-shirts or you need to wrestle in like just black trunks or something, you know, just very plain ring gear. Whereas they've gone yeah, for something really showy. Especially where this kind of, this angle seems to be heading. I think it would have made yeah. more sense for them to continue like that and then unveil ring gear when their allegiance is revealed. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only issue would be that they, they if they stayed too in the kind of NWO outsiders mould, that might be a little bit too close to the shield and that was still relatively recent, you know? 
so we'll uh, see how it goes. Yeah, maybe. But they are they do still in general, apart from their one actual match, if you ignore that match, all their other stuff has been very kind of attacking through the crowd type scenes. So that's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see where they're going. Um yeah. I like they've teased the tension with Styles. Uh I don't think they'll turn Styles. I think they would be a very bad decision to turn him right now. Uh, yeah, I think they'll turn Roman Reigns. Uh well they basically have at this point really. No, I think that the Anderson and Gallows will turn Roman Reigns. I think it'll turn out that Roman Reigns is the third man. Oh, I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, could, that could work. And then, I guess, well, would you, who'd you have Styles with, the Usos? Finn <laughs> Balor. Uh, yeah, Bowers hanging about, and I guess you could find someone else to put in there. Mm. A Tammy, if, if he's fit, yeah. or I want the, to see Nakamura. But Nakamura, it's probably too oh, Jesus. <laughs> Nakamura, not. imagine. Uh, but you could always have Ambrose in there as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yes. there is a there is a lot of weird things that come out there. So it's definitely it's just the the way it's been going. I think it's been done quite subtle and it's been done quite well. But they've been kind of teasing a Reigns turn for a few weeks now. Yeah, and, and I think it's more likely that Styles stays face than it makes most sense because yeah. he is so over and they've kind of tease tension with Anderson and Gallows and yeah, but I, I, Styles. And the thing is, like, if you look at Reigns, he is basically heel at this point. Yeah. He's so... He, he's he's there, effectively. Yeah, when, uh, I, when he turns heel and goes full on for it, I think it's going to be blistering. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And I think that these two big heels are just perfect to... Yeah. I, I kind of wonder that. if, like, this is just him heel. This is just his heel persona. Like, he's got the cockiness down. Oh, that would be a real shame, though. Yeah, but I... <laughs> because I, they're still running Make-A-Wish promos for him on Raw. I know, and that's weird. Um, but I, I think that the thing with WWE now is with the death of kayfabe, you're always going to have those two conflicting elements. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a problem. And I definitely agree that it's weird. But I think this is him... This is him heel, basically. Oh yeah, I think this is this is it. It's going to happen. Well, I this, think that it's, it's it has happened. This it, is but his. I think this we're going to get a big sign. Yeah, this is definitely his heel persona right now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can argue with that. Um, no. The the other interesting thing is, I wonder if there's any involvement with uh, Shane McMahon because obviously this has all gone down on his watch, and he's talked about bringing new talent in, etc. So I wonder what he, if he has any involvement with Gallows and Anderson. Because if you think about it, at some point there is the potential that he's going to need muscle. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. so be interesting if Finn selects Shane then, and immediately Shane turns heel. It would be great. That would be that would just... probably be the ultimate heel turn you could do out of this. To have it, it would also... It would be... club and Shane McMahon all turn heel in the one night or, or form together. It would, be, <laughs> it, it would be like the biggest fuck you to all the fans. We're like, oh, I'm really enjoying like a face authority figure for a little while. It's really, it's, it's quite a fresh, like quite a breath of fresh air. He keeps uh, Shane McMahon tends to keep his appearances very short. There's not like 20 minute promos. He's just out there, says a couple of things. He's gone. Uh, he, he actually feels more like a MC for the show, you know, like he just comes out at the start talks about what's going on and then fucks off which is quite nice so that it it would be uh a, a massive fuck you if they just immediately were like and he's heel <laughs> um, obviously we mentioned yeah, but it would be quite cool it would be great <laughs> be interesting to see how the fans would react uh, like the yeah hardcore oh, fans sure. are burn uh reigns now would they yeah, start absolutely. cheering reigns because he's left the bullet club and shooting it man 
Yeah, it's true. Um, well, obviously, we mentioned Finn Balor as a potential person to join up with uh, Anson and Gallows. A lot of people think that might have happened because an NXT house show in Lowell, Massachusetts, he lost his NXT championship to Samoa Joe. Uh, that's a really interesting decision, in my opinion, right? Like, that's, that is unique. Um, I think the most interesting thing about this, and the thing about this that concerns me the most, is that they broke NXT continuity to talk about this on Monday Night Raw before it had aired on NXT television. Yeah, yeah but it's... They've it's, announced it's... they're going to show it on NXT tonight. Which... See, I don't think... They, they announced, they said on Monday Night Raw that the belt, the title had swapped hands and Samoa Joe had it now and that they, it would be on this week's NXT. It's like, well, let me watch this week's NXT. That's just completely ruined any element of surprise. But I think but, no, but, but the thing, the thing... is still pre-taped, isn't it? Yeah, so the, the, the thing might, is... Like... That might still be out of sync. No, but the thing is, right, so here's here's the thing with it. It's not, uh, th- this didn't happen at like an NXT taping show. This was literally at a house show. And so I don't think it's out of continuity f- to discuss it um, because it's not like normal NXT stuff. It's, this is an event that has happened, uh, which is different to NXT taping stuff. Yeah, I thought it was I, I this if... week's NXT taping. No. They were just taping it on the road. No, it was, and it was, just one it was the main event at a house show that was literally how it changed shit that's really weird then yeah so it wasn't the nxt taping because the nxt tapings are still the ones from access so i think this one is the last one from um, wrestlemania access with that weird set that i don't really like uh which is i think it's their normal house show set but i don't uh, like wwe's house show set nxt's house show set is not quite as extravagant uh but yeah, it, it's it's gonna be on the end of that. They will have as uh, like a bonus match. It'd be like here is Samoa Joe winning the championship, but that's why they discussed it because it was and they want it to be like a big kind of story. Uh, a lot of people suggested it might be because they want to drive up house show numbers, or those are still reasonably strong at the minute. It definitely would um, bolster the appeal of house shows if you're going look. Anything can happen, you know. Like you might see yeah. an NXT title change, that's definitely makes them much more interesting. Yeah, but um, I wasn't sure if this week's NXT was still a pre-tape and if next week's still a pre-tape from a few weeks ago because it'll be weird that if it was a few weeks out of sync with what's actually happening. Yeah, so so as far as that's I know, that, yeah, as far as I know, this is the last week from Access, so right, that that means you're not going to get a big out of sync issue really. Well, Bill Dempsey was still on NXT a couple of weeks ago, and he was released to start of February. So yeah, that's true. But I, it's, I it's, weird, it's weird when you pre-tape that far in advance and yeah. dumb shit happens. I think some like around WrestleMania, they kind of had to tape a long way in advance because of WrestleMania commitments and stuff. So that did get really weird. Uh, anyway, I I do think it's it's potentially interesting to see if Balor's going to come up now that he is titleless he is he has hinted at it heavily but also he's just a massive troll uh and just fucks with people on social media so we don't know um uh, like he literally came out after the nxt show the next night i believe uh and got the crowd outside the venue to quiet down and shouted i'll see you all on monday and obviously he wasn't on raw uh so it's he just likes to fuck with people i think and, he has, and him and Nakamura both apparently came out after the show and thanked the fans. Yeah, but which the, is kind of like a goodbye thing. Yeah, but they, like they do that a lot on NXT shows as well. It's he does like a lot of stuff at the end of the show, 
um, to kind of be like, hey, it's cool you came out, blah, 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 that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which is fairly common in my experience at indie shows as well, is someone stays after the main event and kind of talks to you. WWE sometimes do it if there's not a dark match where the faces will just come and talk to the crowd and thank them for coming. Uh, so it, it's that kind of thing. It, it's not unusual. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it depends how emotional I suppose he was and that's difficult to judge particularly when you know that he's lost the championship it's kind of difficult to judge if you're just putting your own spin on it or if if he actually is that way unless he's literally just in floods of tears you can kind of read whatever you want into it um, uh, a couple of days ago at an NXT show he cut a promo saying he was going nowhere and he was coming after Samoa Joe again so yeah so it's mm. uh, six and a half dozen but it doesn't it's two knows yeah like it's it, it it's really difficult to tell, particularly with Balor because he does play social media perfectly. He just loves to tease the crowd, so he's very good at it, and that's one of the reasons like people love him. I think. Um, other last bit of news. Uh, this is coming into payback, and it looks like he might potentially be there. Bray Wyatt has teased his return from injury on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if he will be at payback. Obviously, they're on the posters heavily, but then everyone in the Wyatt's got injured. Uh, so it'd be cool if he was there, uh, particularly if he's doing something else. He's, um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he is using slightly different Bible uh, mythology and references now, uh, which is interesting. Um, like, Would you like to see Wyatt come back? I, I think it was a shame that he was out at the time that he was out, because I think that there were potentially good storylines, but I don't necessarily want to see him come back for payback because there's been no build-up to it. There's nothing to, no reason for him to come back yet. Yeah, it'd be nice to see yeah. Babyface Wyatt, which is what he was going mm -hmm. with against the League of Nations, but the League of Nations are gone now, so I don't really see where he's going to fit in at the moment, yeah. so I, would, I wouldn't rush it. I'd rather they did something quite impressive instead. True. But there's, there's not really anywhere in the card they can sort of, is it? No, that's kind of the problem is there's um I can't see the match for him to comfortably fit in with, particularly if we're gonna as we imagine if there's going to be interference with Gallows and Anderson as well. You kinda of don't want Wyatt in there too because you just end up with like a a card with hardly any good clean finishes. Yeah, it's just all too chaotic. Yeah. So it it would just be confusing for people. But I mean they also they've spent the last what, eighteen months now with Wyatt um running him in basically the same storyline like three or four times and always having him fail. So he's never come out of the sort of conclusions to his storylines. He's never come out of them particularly well. No, exactly. So I think it makes sense to rest him for a little while and maybe tweak it a bit or see what you can do and bring him back and give him a bit more of a push and maybe let it pay off a bit, a little bit. I think that makes more sense. Yeah. All right. But uh, also, I mean, having said that, they're really pressed for talent at the minute, so... They probably just want everybody back as quick as they can get them. Hmm. And they probably have to work. All right, let's run down the actual payback card. Kalisto is once again relegated to the pre-show. You are not a fan of Kalisto, Colin. What? Um, as a wrestler or as a champion? Mm, like, you seemed pretty... You, when I said poor Kalisto, you were like, he deserves to be on the pre-show. He does. He's a, he's a good wrestler. He has no character, and he is one of the worst United States champions of all time. That's definitely not true. Yes, it very much is. No, there have been but... way worse United States champions than him. Fuck it, ADR's recent run was worse than Kalisto. 
At least he was on TV with at the least, title yeah, but at and least Kalisto, pay-per-view. At least Kalisto is actually interesting to watch. Well, he can flip about the ring, fair enough, but he's not got any storyline. He's not got any character. Yeah, but that's not his fault. He's not, it's not his fault he's got no storyline. He's not booking himself. He's not yeah, late nineties Kevin Nash. I'm not. I'm not. Blaming. It's all part of the reason not... why he deserves to be on the pre-show. Yeah, mm. I'm not blaming him. I'm, I'm saying that he is one of the worst United States champions of all time because the title means absolutely he ho. It's on the pre-show for a reason. It's just to slot it in and fill a match. I, can, See, I, well, I, no, I no, couldn't what, care what, less about this. Because what they want to do with the pre-show is they want to put a title on it to make it seem prestigious. But if you only put the United States Championship on it. You just devalue United States Championship. If they rotated the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship on the pre-show, it would actually make the pre-show seem important. But because it's yeah, but always the Intercontinental title has a decent story going around it with interesting characters. Kalisto uh, is an interesting character, and neither is Ryback really. So I don't, I don't feel sympathy for Kalisto for being on the pre-show. It's where he is in the card. He's, he's not championship level when it's a singles. I know, I know. When he won the title, it was a cool wee moment, but he's never, he's not done anything to. I think he has that potential and he has that ability, but I don't think he has, I don't think he has the creative behind him yet. I don't think it's now. I don't think it's, I don't think it's now, especially when you're still having him hang about Sin Cara. I don't think the time is now to have him as the, as as a singles champion. He doesn't have any, doesn't have any character build up to him. Yeah, I agree with that. Which is my main problem, which is why I really don't care. But I, see, I I like Kalisa. I think Kalisa's really good, and I think he's got the capability to be there, and he deserves better than this. And he's yes. a good wrestler, and I enjoy watching him in the ring. But I don't. It, 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 for, for, I need more than just a good wrestler. No, but it, it's exactly too. the same as Cesaro. We all felt bad for Cesaro or like Zack Ryder getting buried, and they are good, and they don't have any creative behind them. It's exactly the same as Kalisto. I would say they've got more personality and have shown more personality than Kalisto. Only because but, Kalisto but, hasn't but, been allowed to show any personality because he gets... Well, that's the thing. I think that, say that, but that's why it, I don't think it's the right time for him to yeah. get him for more than a pre-show. It's not necessarily... Well, it's. I would say, I would argue that it's not at all Kalisto's fault. No, 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 I wouldn't say his that. His position within the company and the development of his character at the moment is absolutely very much deserves to only be on the pre-show and doesn't deserve to have a prestigious title. I think the wider issue here is that the United States Championship is not a prestigious title. Nobody gives a shit about it, up to and including the people who write the storylines on WWE. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying Kalisto himself doesn't deserve a better spot. Because he's a good wrestler, but if where he is on the card is where he deserves to be with what he's been given. I guess. But like, yes, but, that, that, but, that's, but that's my point. Is like that's why I feel bad for Kalisto because he should be elevated and the championship should be elevated above this. And like I imagine for him as well, when they were like, "Oh, you're getting the U.S. title run," he was like, "Ah, oh, awesome! I like a belt, get a singles run. This is going to be great." And they're like, "Nah, no, really, we're just not going to pay any attention." And the, the weird thing as well is they clearly want him to be new Rey Mysterio and they're not doing anything <laughs> to bolster that in any way. Like they and don't... I mean, uh, continuing, like this is this this feud with Ryback it has been going on way too long. Nobody yeah. gives a shit because nobody cares about Ryback. Yeah. And it's come off the back of a feud that went way too long with Alberto Del Rio that nobody yeah. gave a shit because nobody cares about Alberto Del Rio. He needs something creative, something to develop yeah. his character and they're not giving it to him. 
And what I find really unusual is is WWE ha- are continuously talking about how they want to build big um, Latino stars. They want to build like uh, Central and South American stars in order to draw those markets in, and then put no effort into it. They hire the wrestlers and then do nothing with them. Yep. It's it's just like we want to do this, but we don't we don't want to try. We just want to say we have the people. Here are the wrestlers we have. You can only watch them here. We will do nothing with them. It's just depressing. Uh, I I expect Kalisto probably retains. Maybe Ryback wins and they do something slightly different, but probably Kalisto. Ryback wins. Ryback's heel now, isn't he? Ryback wins and then loses it to John Cena in a couple of weeks or a month when Cena's back. Yeah, May 30th, uh, Cena's back. Um, yeah. That sounds likely, yeah. Uh, that sounds terrible. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> terrible, but typical. Have you actually noticed the US Championship in the past month or so? so no, and that's a bad... It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be any worse than what it is. Like, that's a bad thing that I haven't... No, my point is, I haven't noticed it. And that's, that's well, a bad thing. It hasn't thing. really been on Raw since WrestleMania. Yeah. It's on SmackDown occasionally. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, but SmackDown. Yeah. SmackDown's good. I know no, it is, but it's not really it's, it's got It's got Mauro, what's his name on it? He's good. And Byron Saxton not just being shouted at by JBL constantly. He deserves uh, to be shouted at. He doesn't. Byron is yeah, fine. Byron, no, is, Byron is fine if he was no, actually allowed to voice any opinions. But no, he's, he's not because JBL fucking hates him for no reason. Uh, it's a good reason. He's got a stupid voice. Yeah, but so do Michael Cole and JBL. They all have terrible voices. Why are they announcers? Neither yeah. of them look like they've been cast in latex. Exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird reference, Peter. That's Byron Saxton very much looks like he's made out of rubber. There, there is a fabulous picture from this week's SmackDown tapings where uh, New Day are on commentary. Uh, and because it's all three of them, they take up all three chairs and they make Byron sit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Because I imagine like JBL and Michael Cole probably went like backstage, and they and you know what they knew they like they would have just made Byron sit on the floor. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it, it's him sitting on the floor, just looking really forlornly at the announce table. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, more important, more interesting matches. Main card. I think it's only one pre-show match by the look of it. Uh, next up, Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. I have been enjoying this feud. Um, I really like the passion that Dolph Ziggler's been putting into it. Like, Dolph Ziggler, for the first time in a while, feels, like, genuinely engaged in a feud and and actually seems like he has real aggression towards his opponent, which is great. Uh, And I think Corbin has been booked very strongly, very well, obviously very strongly, coming at WrestleMania, winning the Battle Royal, uh, and then going into a feud with a solid mid-carder in the form of Dolph Ziggler, um, doing... I mean, the, the only downside is he's he's kind of repeating bits of his NXT run, but I like that his move is now doing hitting the end of days on the outside of the ring, uh, in a similar way to Kevin Owens' pop, um, not pop up, but Kevin Owens' power bomb onto the ring apron. That it kind of seems to be a move that they sell as laying guys out or significantly damaging them. Uh, so I've been enjoying this feud, Percy. What about you guys? I um I wasn't a big Baron Corbin fan. I think he's been far better as a performer in all aspects since he came up to the main roster. Yeah. Um I think he's done 
much. I mean, it was quite a big deal for them to trust him. The Monday night after WrestleMania, obviously they gave him the win in the Andre the Giant match, and that's a big deal. And then the Monday night after WrestleMania, which is the biggest Raw of the year, he got like a minute on the mic just to yeah. talk. Um, so they obviously value him quite highly and they trust him um, in that respect. I think that this is, he, like I say, he's done a lot better since he came up than he was doing in NXT. I think it makes yeah, sense sure. that elements of his NXT run are sort of bleeding through because that's just his character. His yeah, character yeah. is kind of that he's a bit of an ass. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's okay, but I think we've seen this a lot where somebody new arrives, and obviously because Ziggler is a safe pair of hands, basically, they get a little run against Dolph Ziggler to kick them off. Um, yeah. So I think it could be more interesting, and we kind of have to, there has to be a reason to make it more interesting rather than just Baron Corbin is here now, so he has to fight someone. Yeah, I guess my real problem with this run is that because um, WWE and the main roster have stopped using enhancement talents like they do in NXT, it, it's Baron Corbin clobbering guys and you actually know who it is. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Like Damien Sandow and stuff like that, or Zack Ryder. You're just like, oh. Zack Ryder was the Intercontinental Champion less than a month ago, and now he's getting destroyed by Baron Corbin. I guess that is Baron Corbin's character that he beats up the guys that you actually like. Because well, yeah, he's going to beat up the guys at the internet, like, so he's going to be up Zagor, he's going to be up Ryder, he's going to be up Sando. That is kind of his thing. Yeah, but so... at least when he was on NXT, it was mostly just, like, enhancement talent, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah I guess so. But his, his, his big thing was that he was, like, an anti-Andy wrestler. Which, yeah, that's very which true. Which I, I quite like, because it is the most F.U. character that could possibly yeah, be to great. Smarks. Well, particularly which, for which the NXT like audience. Yeah, it's what I like about him. But I, I, to be honest, I'm not, I don't really... This rivalry's not really done much for me. I don't really, I don't really care about Ziggler anymore. So it's it's kind of hard to, to care about a guy, you know, that's going to either lose or not actually go anywhere. Yeah, it's, I mean, Ziggler loses this, obviously. More than likely, yeah. There's no way you just kill off Corbin's like dominant run like that. Otherwise, what have you spent the last month doing? But uh, I, I do. Um, I think Ziggler for once has actually made me invested in this feud just because he seems so fired up, um, which he normally isn't. And also, I think he just works really well with Corbin. Um, he, he probably actually works well. I, Corbin was not a guy I expected to work well with Ziggler, but they seem to complement each other really well. Um, yeah, I think that's true. I think. Um... The situation with Ziggler is similar to some others that we've mentioned um, in that I think that he hasn't really got, we haven't got a reason to be invested in him as a character and we haven't really had one for a long time. And the last reason they tried to give us was all that Lana shit and that was just awful. So I think maybe Ziggler also needs to be off television for a month or two. Yeah, I guess come if, they, back if, they have Corbin, if they have Corbin kill him, then... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just oh, Dolph Ziggler's off TV because Baron Corbin killed him. Yeah, um, but did you see like the the double super kick dodge spot? I thought was quite nice a couple of weeks ago, where Ziggler uh, run, Ziggler runs in, tries to Corbin, uh, tries to super kick Corbin. Corbin catches it. I think he like goes for the end of days or something, but Ziggler manages to get out and goes for a second super kick, and Corbin like set like almost matrixes out of the way, and then just uh, rolls out of the ring. <laughs> so it was a cool spot. Like it was a nice, nice element to it. 
and it made Corbin look a lot um made him look smart as well as just like he's yeah. got strength. It actually made him look like he was a canny wrestler, which is quite cool. Uh but yeah, we all agree that Corbin wins this right. Like there's no way Ziggler comes out on top here. It would be madness if he didn't. Like what's the point otherwise? Mm-hmm. Uh right. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens in their first one-on-one match on the main roster. Oh, yes. Firstly, there's no way this ends clean. Yeah? Like, this ends in just them, like, knocking the fuck out of each other or something like that. Double count out. Yeah. Double count out, and they just don't stop brawling. They just brawl to the back. That's how they leave. Um, And I'm fine with that. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think that kind of makes the most sense in this feud because that's kind of what they've done anyway. Yeah. And the last time they had a one-on-one match, Kevin Owens won by submission because Sami Zayn passed out. Yeah. Um, they, I, I mean, this is the thing that they're destined to do this forever. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is the next five years of WWE kind of. Like, well, it's if, kind if, of... If they want it to be, it's the next. They've got like five years worth of material. It's kind of the perfect feud for me because Kevin Owens is so so good at being a heel, and Sami Zayn is so likable. And I don't think we've had that mix for a no. long time. Like Sami Zayn is just such a nice guy, and Kevin Owens, who I think is also probably a, a, quite a nice guy, really, but he's so good at just being the ass and um, like really pushing that. And just being a dick to everyone. Um, so when he's a dick to the guy that's the nicest guy in the company, I think that really, really works. And obviously they're great friends and they've worked together for years and years. So. Well, you, you realise this is like, this this feud is their entire careers. And I don't mean that figuratively. I mean, like, their first feud when they were wrestling in Canada in a tiny promotion was this for both guys. This is their <laughs> entire careers. Yeah. Um, which yeah. th- there's no one else like that. Not where it's like their entire time in the wrestling industry, from their first promotion to the biggest company in the world for wrestling, is just like that's it. That it's been yeah. consistent the entire way. They come as a partnership and not like tag teams have in the past. They just like no. they come as a, a just, set angle. We, that we plays fight itself. each other. We just that's what we do. It's crazy. The only thing I'd really like to see Kevin Owens as a face at some point. I don't know if that works or how it works, but I think it would be interesting to see. No, what I really want to see is Kevin Kevin Owens. After SmackDown last week, I want to see Kevin Owens in uh, a a tag team with Chris Jericho. Like, super heel tag team with Jericho. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Is that your relationship to anything with Chris Jericho? Yeah. Pretty you, much. But yeah. did you not see the end of SmackDown last week? It was brilliant. Uh, no, I didn't see SmackDown last week. So yeah, Smack- it was good. It was really cool. It was like, it was, uh, <laughs> Kevin Owens just walking up the ramp because they finally managed to pin, he finally gets a pin over Zayn in a tag match with Jericho. And it's him and Jericho walking up the ramp. And he goes, I did it. I beat you. Chris did a little, but I beat you. And Jericho's like, no, nah, no, nah, man. It was all you. It was all you. And Kevin's like, yeah. It was all me. <laughs> and he tra- turns to Jericho. He goes, you're the GOAT. As he's like, you're the greatest of all time. And Jericho kind of blinks and goes, well, you're the donkey. And, <laughs> and Kevin Hunt's response is, fine, I don't care. And then just screams Canada. <laughs> <laughs> to which Jericho's response is, obviously, Viva Los Canada. It was like, 
it was amazing. And they then they both went and kicked the um the tires on the taxi they have when they're in England for some reason. It Weird. Was, like that, I want that. That's that's just I. They're fine in the ring, but I want that interaction between Jericho and Owens because it was really funny. It was genuinely I will say hilarious. Jericho's heel work on the mic has been better um, recently. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't look at Chris Jericho and not see Chris Jericho in 1999 when he was sort of had had that great independent run and the great Japanese stuff and then done his time at WCW and appeared in WWE or WWF, whatever it was at the time. And like for me, that was kind of the end of me watching Chris Jericho, but it, that was his pinnacle. And now to see him lumbering around, he's not as agile as he was. I think he's, I mean, he still does a great job for somebody his age, but it's all kind of quite sad for me. No, I, I agree, but I still really, um, I, I, I kind of like him personally. Like, I, I feel he's doing good work, I feel he works well as a heel. He's probably one of the strongest heels on the roster right now. Um, yeah, and- but up until a few weeks ago, his mic work as a heel was really like juvenile. It was very much like Attitude Era bullshit, yeah. which is obviously something that WWE absolutely loves. But I don't think it works now. It's like 2016. I think that's why raw ratings are so low because mm. they keep trying to recapture that. And their audience now wants jokes about the internet. They want the stuff yeah. that New Day's doing. We- they don't want the stuff that the rock was doing in 2000 i do kind of like jericho screaming at people that they're stupid idiots yeah 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 it's make words that that was the problem i have with rock and stuff now i just end up rolling my eyes and but even when you see even when you see like some of the stuff that triple h or vince was doing it's just really yeah yeah, yeah. it's not stuff i've moved on and you're really yeah. not catching up it's not that we've grown out of it it's that time has changed yeah i think that's true but i will say like he was on um radio one this week and basically cut like the dj greg james asked him to cut a heel promo on him uh he's like well what would you say about me if if we were in a rivalry i just said i wouldn't have to say anything i'd just get a t-shirt and print your face on it and it's just like that was solid. He said, "You got a face for radio. You haven't got a voice for radio, but you got a face for radio." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's like that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's like he he is still really quippy and really smart and fast when he wants to be. Um, so I feel he's been he has been reasonably good. Yeah, I think part of the issue, I think again, it goes back to part of the reason why I'm disappointed in seeing him every week is that he just hasn't really been interested for a long time. He's kind of just doing it to cash a check. Um, yeah, his big thing before was he never did the same thing twice and he always reinvented himself and he was always doing new things. But the past four years, he he has just re, rehashing everything he's done before and not even in a way that's clever or it's just in a lazy way, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's totally uncreative, which has been my main problem with him. I He's gone back so. on what made him great in a lot of ways, and that that's that's the problem I have for Jericho, and what I don't enjoy about Cena. Uh, I agree with Pete; he's been better since WrestleMania, mm. but I didn't have a very high opinion of him before then. Anyway, we should we're supposed to really be talking about Zane, Zane and Owens, but 
we'll talk about Jericho and we'll come on to their match in a second uh, with Jericho versus Dean Ambrose. But quickly, like this is gonna be not going to be a win, right? It's just going to be a count out or something like that. Yeah, I don't think you can let any either of these two have a clean win over the other one. No. Colin? Uh, they're going to be a screwy finish or Owens win. Um, yeah, I don't think this is a feud that really, a, a pinfall either way really hurts anyone too much at the moment. No, I mean, I could see something like a a silly roll-up by Zayn getting the pin over Owens and then Owens going mental and just killing him afterwards. Yeah. But Maybe something like that. But I think that's the only way you protect Owens' character. If Owens is going to lose, I think that he has to basically go apeshit at the end. I, I can actually just see them getting like dragged apart by referees or something just because they won't yeah. stop. Like, actually, do you know what would be great? Uh, what I would really enjoy is if this this ends because they just like someone refuses on a five count like Owens has got Zayn in the corner and just hammering on him and the referee counts to five and he doesn't back off and the referee just disqualifies him like mm-hmm. that'd be a good ending I just I can't see this being like a pinfall or submission or anything like that uh, okay then Ambrose versus Jericho this is a feud over a talk show and I kind of love it <laughs> uh, yeah like <laughs> Because for a start, Ambrose talk show is a potted plant, solid, um, and I just like. So does ha- Jericho's. Yeah, but Ambrose is way. And Jericho's potted plant was a gift from Dean Ambrose. Exactly. Just... This this has all come full circle. <laughs> it's foreshadowed. They're, they're paying off a feud. Yeah. Ah, oh, <laughs> this has been this has been a long planned storyline for months <laughs> over a potted plant, and no one has realised. Also, I, I just love I love it's that genius. Ambrose's Ambrose's set is just the plant, and then a hand-drawn, like, Ambrose Asylum sign that he's just put up on an easel, and that's it. It's, it's great. Like, it, it it fits his character perfectly. Yeah, yeah. just temporary and cobbled yeah. together. Yeah. Which is most of Dean Ambrose's feuds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. I think this is also meant for WrestleMania until they delayed it and everything yeah. got switched about. But uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping for more for Ambrose after the yeah, I know, thing, but, but but that's always disappointing. But in terms of a good wee feud, it's been pretty good. Yeah, uh, TV feud and Jericho's been a. It's nice to see an intense Jericho. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, like the locking... lost Jericho and announced table and yeah, stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Really stuff cool. like that is good to see, but. He's still a nostalgia act to me now, and I'd like to see him try something new. See, I have two comments to make about this Walter Jericho thing that he did on the announce desk in Raw. Was it in Raw? Yeah, it's on Raw. Yeah. Um, The first thing is that I do not accept that that's the Walter Jericho. I don't like it. It's a Boston Crab, and a Boston Crab is just a sharpshooter for people who don't have the coordination to put a sharpshooter on. Um, But he, when he did that on the announce table... Paige sent him a tweet saying that he basically he was stealing her gimmick because her gimmick is putting people in submission holds on the announce table. Yeah. <laughs> and he responded to that and said, Child, please, didn't you see me tear Triple H's <laughs> quads? Ligaments yeah. He cho- in like 2001 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> just like just a really brutal comeback. It was, it's just that yeah. brutal. And that's actually, that's what I do like about Jericho. Is we, we talk about Jericho wanting to be more modern. Jericho plays the hill perfectly on social media as well. Like yeah. if you if you follow him on Twitter, it's just him being a massive arsehole to people. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of. Uh, it's not like I don't think I don't. It's not that I dislike Chris Jericho. It's that I'm disappointed in him. 
I think because he has that ability and he's obviously still smart enough to do it. And like you say, he's very quick with the responses to certain things. And But then you see him on WWE TV and he's just doing the same shit that he's done for years now. And it's just disheartening. Yeah, I should agree with you. It's, uh, it's not that I hate Chris Jericho. I like him. I bought all his bloody books and all the other bullshit he's released. But it's... <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I know he can do better, so it's really it's disappointing a lot of the time. Um, I mean, do you, I think this is probably the blow-off, right? This is just going to be wrapped up here. I assume um, so. Because I don't, I don't want to see Jericho working an Extreme Rules match or something. Like, that would be bad. Not against Dean Ambrose. No. Um, who can... Oh, God. Who can they put in an Extreme Rules match against and, Dean Ambrose well, at this point? Unless they, unless, it's, unless they do run it to Extreme Rules and they just want a way to write Jericho off again and Ambrose just beats the living shit out of an old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. But that I don't know. I don't know what else they could do. I just it feels like it's coming to a natural conclusion. I think this is probably the end. Um it's been enjoyable. They've traded well on the mic. Uh and I, I kinda of feel it's it's been a good feud, so just let it run a month and that'll do. Um I don't know what's next for Dean Ambrose, like you say, I don't know who you put him against. Uh and unless um I'd imagine if Dariscree finishes tomorrow night, he'll get roped into the Roman Reigns styles bullet cop. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. I imagine uh, that he'll end up roped in that, and then, yeah. Oh well, that could be interesting. He, I think he could do well against um, Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, yeah, and uh, if that if that story does go ahead, then you've always got the chance of Rollins getting involved when he's fit. That's very true. That would be so, cool too. Yeah, and he must only be a few months off now. Yeah, he's meant to be back in um, May or June, I think. So he should be soon. Back to training or back to no back, thing? back. That oh. was that was the I can't remember where I heard that stuff, but that was the last thing I saw was something like May or June. Because um, mm. he hopes with that timing that they save him for SummerSlam. Because he's he's been uh he was fit enough to compete like at some CrossFit events recently, so mm. he's he's clearly he's reasonably fit in that case. But obviously, you want to be a hundred percent certain with WWE's schedule. Yeah. Um, Right. Uh, next up, Enzo Amore and Big Cass versus the Ford Villains um, in the f- uh, final match in the um, tag team title number one contendership tournament that Shane McMahon started a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm actually surprised Enzo and Big Cass made it to the end um, just because I thought that the uh, the Dudleys were going to, when they had their, I think it was this, the semi-final with the Dudleys, um, I kind of assumed that the Dudleys were going to lead to something that furthered that little feud. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, but if the Dudleys are involved in this match in some way, I mean that's what I can, can see. Get back to that, I can very much see that this is that the um, the Vaudevillains are going to win because obviously the Vaudevillains are heel and the New Day are face, so that makes sense. And also, you can put Enzo and, and Big Cass versus the Dudleys in a tables match next month for Extreme Rules, so that makes sense. So that'll be quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wish I'd gave Vaudevillain some promo packages and stuff before they brought them up. Cause yeah, I agree. They seem a bit out of the blue and not really explained why they're 
dressed the way they are and act the way they are. Well, that's a really good point. They, I think they haven't done a great job with that with any of the people that they brought up from NXT recently, including Enzo and Big Cass and including um, Apollo Crews, although he did get a, a package this week, I think. And even yeah. with the Zayn and Owens feud, they didn't really... Like, if you don't watch NXT, then why should you care about their feud? Until the they did their promo true. package this week. Yeah, the promo this week on Raw was fantastic, but yeah. it seems like they're relying on the that a good portion of the audience watch NXT, so know who these guys are and what their background is, but I've, there's a lot um, of people maybe that that's, still don't Yeah, watch well, NXT, a lot of the Raw so... demographic especially, but maybe that's a strategy to try and get people to watch NXT is that they say, well, this has happened on NXT and then they just carry on with it and people go, oh, well, I'm missing things if I'm not watching NXT. Yeah, but so all it really takes is a couple of promo patches just to oh, yeah, set up some minutes. people. But even after could... the debut, but the VOD villains was a weird one because this brought them straight up. And yeah, from what and they I've are doing been the watching, I've not explained them. It's yeah. weird. When they're, with no explanation, it's just a bit odd. Yeah. Um, and they could screen all these promos in the time that they say have taken those fucking stupid Puerto Rico postcard things off with yeah. Los Matadores. God, those things are awful. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they're bothering pushing those two guys again. Makes no sense to me. But um, Enzo and Big Cast, how hilarious have they been since they came up? They've been really good. Um, I find I've, I think there's only been one bum promo for me, but the rest have been brilliant. There was the I did have the issue with the one where he he gave like Enzo was like I've got a riddle for you, and then it wasn't a riddle. Was that the one in London? <laughs> it was the one where he was like, "You can't spell Dudley without Dud." Was the punchline? Yeah, that, but he phrased it as a riddle. And I was like, "That's not a riddle if you give away the answer. That's not how yeah. riddles work." You haven't understood Enzo. You have to ask a question. That oh. was the one in London that I didn't like either. I think he's yeah. I think he's uh his final bit was it's not what you want, but it's the real were like A cups. Which I think was his yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Which it was, was pretty weird. pretty crap. That but the rest of it were absolutely brilliant. I did like uh, I I like one of his, the lines in more recent against the Ford Villains though where he was like um, well, they talk about how class they were and his response was we've got class but we're more like a half day I kind of like that <laughs> I thought that was good and also um, when they were talking about how edu- they were educated he said you keep reading those books I'll keep writing them which was a line <laughs> from his interview on the um, on Stone Cold's podcast he's got like a a degree in writing or journalism and he's never read a book. <laughs> like he, he just faked it basically he faked his way through the, the, the degree oh he's yeah. that guy's crazy um one thing big cast always looks terrified yeah he does a little bit he, does. Yeah, he's... He, he, looks, he looks absolutely petrified he's a bit wide-eyed isn't he he'll get yeah. there i think i think he'll get there it's just well, it's... I think that's. I mean, that's why they work so well together because Big Cass isn't okay, that I'm back recorder. great on the mic. Yeah, so it's just, uh, just yeah. I think I've lost about ten seconds yeah. between. I do wish they'd. Um, I do sometimes wish that they they they'd get through their um, uh, their intro a little bit more quickly. Um, I think this should be a really good match, though. Like, I hope they give them a good amount of time. Uh, I think they work well together. Uh, I also think the. Um, the whirling dervish is like 
it was good in NXT as well, but I just love that finish. It looks really sick. It's just a good move. Yeah, that's the um, the tag team that Perry Saturn was in in ECW used to do that exact move. Yeah, and it does look fantastic. It just looks really cool, and they do it so smoothly as well. Um, yeah. Like I like the missile launcher, but it, it, I, Big Cass doesn't really add a lot to it. it kind of just stands there. <laughs> yeah, all their kind of all the Enzo and Big Cass finishing moves are based on Enzo's tiny, so Big Cass can just throw him. Yeah, which is cool, <laughs> but like he doesn't seem to really be throwing him in the missile launcher at the minute. He's more just kind of standing there. Yeah, is... well, he's meant to be pushing him down, isn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't. Into the splash, but no, because obviously that would be dangerous. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they probably need something better. I think what would be a better finisher is Big Cash splashing him off of en- uh, oh, sorry, Enzo splashing off of Big Cash's shoulders. That would look awesome. Uh, yeah. That would look super cool. Uh, but I think that would also be like super dangerous. Yeah, guys have done that before. Big Show and Mercedes and stuff like that. Yeah. Done similar hacks. That'd be, but... that'd be fun. Uh, I do like um, with with Enzo though that he was uh, again the interview that he did on the Steve Austin show. Um, he talked about he completely recognizes that his role is just to get beat up and be the hot tag, like that's yep. <laughs> that's his entire purpose, and he he loves it because he's yep. just he's really good at it, and he's right, he is really good at that exact role. He's really he good is. at just taking a load of damage, and then he gets the tag to Cass, and then Cass is a goddamn monster. Well, he sells really well as well. Yeah. It's, but I mean, the, the, they did a. I've seen them do old NXT promos where basically the premise is that Enzo's been knocked out and can't remember anything from the match. And Big Cass tells him <laughs> that he was fantastic and he beat everybody up and won the match by himself. Yeah, that's awesome. Big Cass is a good friend. <laughs> like, he's a good dude. Yeah. You know, just like, yeah, no, it's all you, Enzo. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that is going to get some severe brain injury to Enzo, buddy. Not preparing them properly. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think that probably uh like the vaudevillains win this row, right? Like, I I I'm pretty much like I I'm completely expecting the uh the Dudleys to come in and cost um Enzo and Big Cass this match. Well, it makes sense that the vaudevillains would go on to face the New Day. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for Big Enzo and Big Cass to do that because then you're putting all your good talkers in the tag team division. Well, and also, like, and their face versus face. I think you're going to get that yeah. feud, but I think that feud's like you save that for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe at the start of the tournament, they weren't sure. But given how Enzo and Big Cass and their reception they've got from the crowd, it's like you 100% save that feud for SummerSlam. Um, or even save it longer, save it for Survivor Series and put them both on the same team. Yeah, potentially. I, it depends. I think you would. they might try and turn the New Day heel again at some point soon. Um. And then they can they can work because they're kind of running out of uh, heel teams. I've ways to run through. I guess it depends what they do with um, Gallows and Anderson though, because they might give them the tag belts. Yeah. But, Plus, you've got Primo and Epico coming back. So you know. I told you they weren't called Porto and Rico. Well, to, to be honest, I, I, yeah, I'll hold my hands up to that one, right? But. Also, I but I, I, I'm with you. I, like, on Rico to begin with. I, I would not have put that beyond WWE to do that. Like that's a hundred percent a move they would have made. Like I still don't know what they're supposed to be called. Or who. They're just pretty. Just they're they're pretty and Epico. That's, that's what their names are. They're shit, is what they are. I don't really know what their concept is. I'm, do they like Puerto Rico? I'm kind of confused. But they're they're working non-foreigners as foreign heels. It's very confusing. 
Well, they're, they're not. They're from Puerto Rico, aren't they? Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Yeah, but it's one of those weird ones where it kind of is, but kind of isn't, isn't it? It'd be like if someone from, like, Jersey came here and was like, yeah, fuck that, you. No, no, that's, that's, that's not a real place either, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, they they are, you know, like, if you're from Puerto Rico, you're a United, you're a United States citizen. Are yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, you well, are. No. Yes, you are. Hundred percent. You unite. If you're from Puerto Rico, you're a United States citizen. You can't vote though. You're not allowed to vote in the presidential election, though, for some reason, because it's not a state. Basically, it should be a state, but no one can be asked because it's really complicated. <laughs> to be honest, my geography isn't very good. I don't even know what's like ten miles away from my house, as I found out the other day. So I'm not going to comment any further on yeah. the American Puerto Rico thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a it it's basically it's as close to being a state as you can be without actually going through the process of becoming a state. Uh, so that's about it. Uh, yes, that's super weird. I don't know what's going on with that storyline. How um, far away is it? It's not super far away. Um, like they've, like, I mean, but also if you're asking that, like Hawaii is fucking miles away. Yeah, I think Puerto Rico is quite far away. It's in the Bahamas, isn't it? Yeah, but it's much closer than Hawaii is. Oh, oh yes. do, do you mean from the US? Like, because I, I think it's it... says, yeah, it's, it says to Cuba. Oh, it's like yeah, yeah, for, a couple of miles away yeah, to say, Cuba. Because say from the United States, it, it's pretty close. It's I think it probably is closer than Hawaii is from the from like continental US. Because Hawaii is like a eight hour flight or something from the US. Hawaii is in the middle of fuck all nowhere. Yeah, it's in, Looking the, at this map. it's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's it's a long, long way. Uh and then there's they they've also got Guam, which is a, an equally long, long way again. Um basically the Pacific... sorry if you tuned in to learn about wrestling tonight, the, the, but we're covering geography at the moment. The Pacific Ocean is basically really fucking big. Uh yeah. No one should own that. That's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's a bit pointless. Uh, well, it's got a military base on it, that's why. Um, right, The Miz uh, versus Cesaro for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I've been liking this feud. I've, again, this has been pretty good. I feel bad for Zack Ryder. Very, very bad for Zack Ryder. Um, but the 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 return of The Miz's wife uh, has done well and added the new dimension to The Miz. And I think it's kind of bolstered his... Um, Falls Hollywood a status quite a lot as well. Like I think they work well as kind of I think, like a Hollywood couple. Yeah, some of the backstage stuff that's been quite funny with the mess. To be honest. Yeah. Did but you I, did you see well, the bit well, with well, like most... the domestic water? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that yeah. made me laugh. Uh, but what I love most of it is, is Cesaro walking across the stage with the James Bond gun on him. Yeah, he's in his suit. Cesaro is the best. Did we not say this is what they should do like a year ago? Ah, oh, so so good. Like he's amazing. International superstar playboy and a cool suit, sunglasses. I think that's what we I said because get... it was when he was on Tough Enough in the suit and the sunglasses. That was yeah, it. Yeah, but I had... and it was one of the two K game promos. It was maybe in the it was back that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. But yeah, but I don't. I don't get why he has like a security earpiece in. That's the one thing I don't get. I haven't quite. He's not, a, he's not. He's not a security man. He's surely he's like a playboy. Well, they're kind of. Well, they're kind of impl- implying he's a spy, right? Given like the yeah, whole James Bond what, thing. But that, that's still like an earpiece. Says, doesn't make sense. Yeah, what this gimmick thing says about WWE is that they kind of don't know what a suit means. <laughs> yeah, he's just a man in a suit. Well, a man in a suit. He's a spy, isn't he? He's James Bond. 
and then no, a man in a suit's like this kind of suave character. It's like, well, you know, just because he's wearing a suit doesn't mean that he's everyone that's ever worn a suit. No, it's a bit it's weird. True. It's weird. It's. <laughs> I think you're right. I think they're just like he's in a suit. He's all people that wear a suit now. He's, yeah. a, he's also like a man and after dinner function all of this stuff's going on it's very weird because i thought the earpiece was meant to be like he was kind of like secret service security type deal yeah. with the sunglasses and the suit but that and then he that came still out and this week cool. he was james bond <laughs> like what and also like what being, being like a secret service security guy is not a cool gimmick uh no not really like james bond is a super cool gimmick but yeah, the earpiece. Just lose the earpiece, and that gimmick's perfect, basically. Even if it was like a Bluetooth headset, then he's taking calls about his business <laughs> offshore. <laughs> but... That'd be great. That'd be amazing. But it was legitimately one of those like rubber things that you tie around your ear, and it like does that wee swirly thing down under your suit, like a security person. I'd love if it was just a Bluetooth headset, and he pauses in the middle of a promo to take a call. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From his stockbroker. Just like I, I also imagine, I'm sorry, the Miz. I need to take this call. <laughs> Not enough people call the Miz the Miz. They call him Miz in promos, which I find disappointing because if you say the Miz, it makes him sound ridiculous. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, Cesaro's great. I think this is a really good push for both guys, and I think the championship could go either way, but it'll probably go to um extreme rules which if whoever ends up with the belt here they're getting a rematch at extreme rules in some kind of stipulation there'll be shenanigans with Maurice. almost certainly that seems likely shenanigans because that's basically why I, I mean in the in the classic role of all valets just yeah that's the point yeah um i don't really like her no not really i just don't like her. I don't like her voice and her delivery of anything. Yeah, she's uh, French, I think. No, she's French-Canadian, I believe. Ah, yeah, that. Um, but she's on the next series of Total Divas, I think, So, which is why she's ah. back and ah. getting pushed and everything. Now, it all makes well, sense. Yeah, that, that makes we, a great that, deal more sense. WWE adding to that cash cow. Uh, yeah. Particularly as they might oh, be. Oh, oh. Peter, are you excited about Total Bellas as well? The oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's amazing that wait. they doubled down. That they went, oh, the Bears aren't wrestling anymore. Uh, probably just give them their own show. That's the I solution think actually, to this problem. Right. You, you're asking me that because you think that it's funny that I watch Total Divas. I totally get that. No, no, no. no, no, no. I, I can't skip past Total Divas either when I'm looking through my Sky Banner. <laughs> I'm um, as bad as you. But I'm watching you. I'm watching them all, and you're watching it with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: the premise for that show is brilliant because they've made <laughs> Daniel Bryan move in with Nikki Bella and John Cena. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! How Wait, it's, it's all four of them living together. It's and not just oh, all four oh. of them. It's all four of them and their mum. And I think their mum is married to or in a relationship with John Laurinaitis. <laughs> yes, yes, she is. As well. She is. She's dating John Laurinaitis. That's it's amazing. All of them living <laughs> in is... one big house. I think it might be John Cena's house. It's one big fancy <laughs> house. I didn't realize it was all in one house. The fact it's all in one house is incredible. That is going to be the greatest show ever. Because that oh, that that I just tight, want to see that... Big Johnny at home. 
But that tiny twist, Jonathan. that tiny twist on the premise <laughs> is what makes that show perfect. Yeah, and, uh, but it's just going to be week after week of stuff happening and Daniel Bryan sighing and rolling his eyes. <laughs> and I can't wait. And it'll just be John Laurinaitis bumbling around. <laughs> I, yeah, can, I, can also... I didn't know that they were uh, involved. And so when he popped up in the promo, I was like, what the <laughs> hell is he doing there? Also, I could totally see like um, they're having like loads of issues and stuff. And then John Cena's like back for a day from being out on the road. And he just solves all the problems and then disappears <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. That's the end. Of, that's the the end of each episode. Is John Cena like on his one day off a month, popping in, resolving everything, and then fucking off again? That would be brilliant. <laughs> That'd be the best role for him on the show. Uh, so yeah, actually, like I actually am legitimately quite. <laughs> no, I'm so I'm now super on board with that. That sounds incredible. <laughs> like as long as that's on the WWE Network, I will watch that because that sounds yeah. super dumb uh, and amazing. Uh, much well, it like, will be eventually, but it'll be a while. I think. Yeah, because it's on E. Yeah, oh, it's on E first, and then oh, they put it onto the network like six months or a year later. That's but fine. Anyway, I don't. I don't think I need to watch it first run. I'm willing to to just wait. I also oh, no, I, I'm, I'm envisaging like, scenarios like um, Daniel Bryan's going to be fumbling around the kitchen, criticizing everybody else's recycling. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Things like that are just going to be so good. No, because it would have been really boring. Because it would have just been like a really boring version of Total Divas if they had been like living like normal people do. But instead, putting all in one house is the perfect solution to make that show interesting. Yep. Uh, I also... Imagine John Cena going home from the gym and John Laurinaitis is just lounging about in his couch and his pants, <laughs> just yeah. nothing but his boxes, <laughs> scratching what his a... balls. What a weird show this is going to be, and I can't wait. Oh, this is great. Um. I hope they just rat, like every season they just add another couple in, just throw a new couple <laughs> into the house. <laughs> yeah, Lana and Rusev have joined the cast. <laughs> oh, right. Um, talking of total divas, Charlotte versus Natalia. Charlotte obviously has Ric Flair, and Natalia is bringing her uncle Bret Hart with her. This is for the WWE <laughs> Women's Championship. Bret Hart who revealed yesterday that he doesn't want to be there. I don't yeah. know if you. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't give a no shit about payback or the WWE. Yeah. Don't want to be there. I'm only going for Natalia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bret Hart is so hilarious. To, to be fair, Bret Hart, good dude. Like, right? That's that's being a, a good uncle. Yeah. Big, yeah, I guess so. But uh, it's like Bret- everything that I've read that Bret Hart has said over the past <laughs> few months, he just seems to still nurture this seething hatred of Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I read yeah. things about him criticizing Triple H putting the belt on himself and stuff as well. He, he once said he couldn't think of a single Triple H match that was more than like a four out of ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the uh, it was the Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. He gave a four out of ten. And he said it was that like that was Triple was H's like. like... A... Yeah, and he said that was that he thought that was Triple H's best ever match. It was a four out of ten. <laughs> were like what the hell, dude? What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, just yeah. hates Triple H. Um, also, uh, Ric Flair went a bit crazy on SmackDown, apparently. Yeah. Natalia to kill herself. Yeah, that was... Uh... Yeah, I've seen that video. Um, yeah, think, that's... Uh, old man Flair got a bit carried away. Yeah, I mean, particularly... And they might have to edit that out. Yeah, I don't think that makes the final cut on SmackDown, right? No. <laughs> no, that won't make the cut. Um, there was also talk this week about Ric Flair in an airport. 
Uh, yeah, that's oh, that's good. the day he was. The, uh, the, the, so the rumor was that he was detained in an airport. That that from what what the stuff I've read, um, he wasn't detained. He was he was um he had a few drinks, but he wasn't drunk according to airport police. In a way, they did not deem him drunk. He was allowed on his flight, but he'd cut his hand somehow, and that's why yeah. people were seeing to him because they just fixed his hand up and then let him on the flight. So. Uh, but when given what he said on SmackDown, and given the circumstances of Reed Flair's death, I could personally understand if he'd gone and got a bit wasted. Because mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, why did why did I say that? It's such a fucking stupid thing to say." Um. So yeah, but on the other hand, WWE can't do fuck all given the stuff that Charlotte said about Reed Flair relatively recently. So, yeah, um, Paige was giving promos about Reed Flair. As yeah, well. all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. you, you can't, you can't fire Rick for saying that if you're gonna use Reed Flair in that way. Like, mm. uh, I feel bad for him, and also, it, it's easy to forget because he's so full of life. But Rick Flair is like an old, tired man. Like clearly, when you see him, he he is just an old man who is tired. And why is he on the road constantly? I, I, it is because he loves his daughter, which is a good reason. But also, do just go home and nap. Be lovely. <laughs> just go home and nap. Yeah. Anyway, who do we think wins this? I personally am imagining Charlotte comes out on top here. Uh, yeah. yeah. She kind of has to, doesn't the, she? The only reason... And then they'll just substitute in Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks. Yeah. yeah. The only reason I could see Tally winning it is it's kind of weird to bring in Bret Hart otherwise. Yeah. Does Bret Hart... Um... Does he stop Ric Flair's interference? I, I, because what I could see would be interesting is if he stops it and Charlotte still wins, and that might be the beginnings of a Charlotte face turn where she realizes she doesn't need her dad. Yeah, but then who does she fight? Because there's no heels in the women's division anymore. Uh, Viable ones. You just turn Sasha Banks heel again. It's really easy. It's Sasha Banks. Oh yeah, she's fantastic, but the crowd don't swallow it at all. Yeah, but you could turn Sasha Banks heel in like ten minutes. Like Sasha Banks would do it. She just Sasha Banks is good enough. Of course, but I, don't, I think the crowd still cheers for her, no matter what. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. She's if like the, the anti-Roman Reigns. Yeah, but also the crowd cheer for Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens is like the biggest heel on the roster, well, right? Yeah, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to see Natty get a little bit of TV time, even though it's a bit weird that she's got this. But I'd quite uh, yeah. like to see. It's quite to see it go back to the the NXT woman. Yeah. Because uh, that's that's more fun for me. I but would, it's nice uh, to see yeah. Natalia. What I've realised uh, in this little programme is that Natalia's really weird. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I just find the way she speaks and how she speaks and what she does just all a bit weird. Um, I don't know why. Cause a she little has, bit. Like, really, she's a bit weird and a bit Cookie and Total Divas, but she just seems a bit weird in this. Which I don't yeah, yeah, I think she's um, she and the, this is her kind of character in Total Divas as well. She seems a little bit naive about things, and she always wants to be positive and cheerful, and like she wants to be well loved by the fans. But I just don't think she's quite there yet, and I think that she kind of behaves like she is sometimes, and that doesn't quite work. Yeah, I think she thinks she's bigger than she has been. Yeah. 
I would would like uh, to see her get that big. I'd like to see. I think Natty's got the talent to do it. And I think I quite like her, but um, she's just not quite there yet. No, she's never really connected, has she? No, if it ever, she's been in WWE for like eight years or something now, mm-hmm. but she's never really been that person who's got the title or like as the main star. Yeah, I think it's kind of a shame that they don't have some other family connection. So, I mean, I think the stuff they did before with the Heart Foundation, the sort of revamping of that and trying to bring that back a bit, I think that could have been really interesting. But obviously now um, David Boy Smith Jr. is not there. And who else was involved in that? There's somebody else involved in that that's not there anymore. That was... uh... was, uh... Yeah, it was uh... David Boy Smith's son. uh... I can't remember his first name. And... uh... Uh, Tyson Kidd. Yeah, it was Tyson. Oh, was that all? Tyson Kidd with weird haircut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. David Hartsmith. David Hartsmith was his name. Sorry, yeah. it was Ty- Tyson Kidd where he had like the little tuft of hair. Mm-hmm. Just a oh. shaved head and a little tuft at the front. That's a weird look. Yeah. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. But anyway, like I, I, I kind of felt the heart stuff just always really felt flat to me. Yeah, uh... uh, yeah, and it kind of ignores the fact that like her dad's Jim the Anvil Nightheart. I kind of feel sorry for him a bit. Yeah. Like, well, that's your, that's, you know, Charlotte's got Ric Flair there because that's her dad. So why don't you have Jim Neidhart there? I think if you're related to Bret Hart, though, Bret Hart takes precedence. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think that's unfortunate for Jim Neidhart. Yeah, well, that'll teach him not to be Bret Hart. <laughs> a lesson we could all learn from. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll teach him not to have had Bret Hart's career. If he'd had Bret Hart's career, there wouldn't be any problem. Really, he's brought <laughs> this upon himself. Jim Neidhart had a fantastic career before he got to WWF and outside, in between WWF stints, he was well-respected in yeah, various but it's, it's not, it's, all he's, over. He's no Bret Hart. No. How? Bret Hart. Who is that? Well, clearly no one, because Bret Hart is the best there ever was, the best there ever is, and the best there will ever be. <laughs> no, he isn't. That's what Bret Hart says. Don't you go disputing Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to do that with a no. Four out of ten. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Match that almost made me cry. Four out of ten. Look, I'm, Bret Hart is a bit of a dick, but he is also a very talented wrestler and had an amazing he's career. Very, before before very he went to WCW and killed his entire career. Yeah, it, it was it was good at least time. I also what I, I, what I did love about Bret Hart was that it was over in the UK, in Scotland, a couple of weeks ago doing those live Q and A things. And uh, basically spent the full show saying, I don't want to watch WWE now. I'd rather go back and watch old Bret Hart matches. They were much better. <laughs> well, you watch I think he just sits at home and watches his own matches all day. I find that kind of weird. It's like, I just like watching me. Yeah. I'm great. That's what I find weird chill, about him. Chill, Bret Hart. You're, you're good. And I think you are a very, very good wrestler. But you being like, to watch myself, it's the only person I like. That's kind of weird. It just seems to, I think, be so... It's still so affected by the Montreal Screwjob. Because, it, yeah. I mean, he still has this seething dislike for Triple H, who apparently was the one that pushed that decision. Um, And he's reconciled with the company a bit, and obviously Vince a little bit, and even Shawn Michaels to an extent. But he still can't let it go, and he still takes himself way too seriously. Um, And I think that it, I personally think that he probably was one of the greatest talents Maybe not the greatest, but one of the greatest talents in wrestling in the past 30 years. But um, he takes himself so seriously. And it's just like, like every time I hear him speak or 
see him or anything. I just think, let it go, Brett. Get over it. Yeah, it's it's a shame. And I just think he's going to just keep it, though. I can't. It's difficult not to blame him in a way, particularly when you look at how seriously his family takes the wrestling business. Yeah. Like, it, it must have been, for him, more than any other wrestler, he must have taken that as a huge personal insult. Yeah. Um, not uh, uh, just on the grounds of, like, I don't even think the fact that he was screwed over, but the fact that um, Vince McMahon would think that he was so unprofessional and not true to his word to have dropped the title willingly out of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's probably what hurt him more than the actual screwdriver itself. The fact that Vince didn't trust him to keep his word, um, based on what I've I know about the Hart family, like yep. honor and stuff, seems to be a very very big deal for them. So yeah, like, well they're very old school, and I yeah. mean apparently Bret Hart still really really dislikes the fact that kayfabe was ever broken. Yeah, I can't. I I do not blame him for that in a way, just because it was how. He was brought That's up. How he brought you know. up. Yeah, it's not like how a, he was trained, and it's not like other wrestlers as well. Where you come into it, like it, that was his family. Like his family yeah. ran the promotion. They ran, um, they ran Stampede Wrestling, where the most famous promotions in the history of the business. I would argue, and like, yeah, that's a big deal when you've come up in that way. When your dad is Stu Hart, like it's a slightly different situation to most wrestlers in your feelings of the business. Yeah. Uh, and also Stu Hart's a crazy person, but that's unrelated. Um, right. Uh, let's talk about the, the championship match. Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles. Uh, World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Again, I don't see this being a clean finish. No, I th- I really think that this is the Anderson and Gallows. Yeah. Um, yep. Screw the finish on this and screw it in Roman Reigns' favour. And it turns out that they've been working with him all along. It'll be really interesting to see. Because I think that there's been kind of tiny little hints towards it. Things like um, when they were beating up the Usos and Roman Reigns came in and cleared the ring of them really, really easily. Like, how? why would he do that if they were meant to be these big, scary monsters? Um, and then, the, obviously, the tension between them and Styles and Roman Reigns saying that he doesn't need anybody. And I think this is just the time to pull the trigger on the the absolute heel turn sign for the casual audience and make them know that Roman Reigns is a bad guy now. And I think it also helps to protect AJ Styles and I just think this is the the best thing they could possibly do and it feels like they might do it and I hope I'm not wrong. I agree with you, but me, to me the standard of the operating procedure here is to have um, AJ Styles and Roman Reigns team up against Gals and Anderson. Oh shit, I think, Colin! Don't tell yeah, me that. I know. I think that's the mo- probably the most likely. But what for me makes more sense is what you've just described. But I think they're probably going to go with Styles doesn't want their help, so he ends up attacking them after they've tried to help him and trying to be the honourable good guy and not accept the help and turn on his friends. That's what I'd imagine. That sounds shit. Do we think that Finn Balor's going to be involved? Oh, I can't tell. To be honest, I don't know. Because he could be kept quite busy for a while in NXT, but I think he's done all that I really want him to do in NXT. don't really think there's much more that he can do that's interesting. No, unless, I think I agree with he, 
I I miss. I thought they would uh, keep him around until Tammy comes back and turn him heel then, but this is probably a better opportunity for him. Yeah, I I think it would be a shame if he wasn't involved in Bullet Club stuff happening. It would be a shame. Like it would it would be kind of weird unless they just don't want to blow their load all in one go. I just I don't know. I don't know what what I can't see what role he can have. I know, right? Yeah, that's why. That's what I see. And I think that once Rollins comes back, I think he'll get involved and probably Ambrose, and it'll end up a mismatch until he comes up. I think he'll be either come up just before Rollins returns or he'll come up just after Rollins returns. We all think Rollins is coming back as a face, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'd imagine so. But it would be cool to... It would be cool to see the just the Bull Club form with AJ Finn just at once. That would be quite cool to see in WWE, but it means you're keeping Reigns as the main face, which I don't want to see anymore. I don't really find it entertaining to see Reigns. It's funny to see Reigns getting booed, but he's been much better as a slightly heel the past month. Yeah, they just have to accept it and let him run with yeah. that role I think yeah yeah. I think that, that he'll be I think that it's there is so much potential in Roman Reigns just being pure out and out heel and just letting the crowd boo him I think that can be really really good mm. the crowd loves AJ Styles even yep. though to I think his lack of charisma has been shown up the past month for me he just he always looks wooden I yeah, think. I think in-ring performance is fantastic, but he, I don't think his promos are quite there. No, that was always the criticism against him, but I thought he had kind of got some of that. But when you see him, even I think Gallows and Anderson, when you see them talking, there is a bit of woodenness about them. They're not quite relaxed enough, I don't yeah. think. But I, that, that Hopefully come, that comes with that, time. That'll come in a few months, I think. I guess what I like here is although we kind of have some good ideas of what we think will happen. There's still a lot of possibilities for once, and that's nice. Yeah. It mm-hmm. it feels unusual in WWE, right, to have, like, a lot of options. Um, Kind of, but also it's, I don't know, it doesn't feel unfamiliar to be concerned that they're going to do something, like, to see a potential storyline or a potential angle they could run that, kind of makes a lot of sense and fixes a lot of issues and feels like it would be really interesting and entertaining to see. But at the same time, think that they're probably just going to go the soft way and build it up. Yeah. I think that's kind of a familiar feeling. I think they probably will, but I, I, I just... Like, there's a lot of questions around this and... I would say the majority of scenarios that can happen are interesting and exciting, which is obviously good. So mm. you'd hope they do go with something cool for once. Yeah, but what my concern is that with Cena about to return and Orton about to return, they don't panic and shoehorn these guys into this story. Because oh, I know the ratings are down, but they've got to stick with the new guys that are trying now. Otherwise, yeah. it just it's what's the point in bringing them in? Because I think there's going to be a temptation when Cena comes back and Orton is apparently ready. He's been ready for a while. 
to start putting these guys in or and trying to trying to just panic about the ratings or whatever now. So I hope that they use this just to build all new guys because you can have you'd have six, seven, eight new guys or young guys in this, and if this is the main focus of the show, that sets you up for however long. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got uh, Owens and Zane on undercard, who could quite easily be coming up in the next few months up the card as well. Yeah. So. Mm. I think they need to stay calm with us and not do it, not do anything stupid out of a panic. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like, yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of been the problem though for the, uh, maybe a couple of years now is that they're reacting to poor ratings by trying to replicate what was happening when the ratings were really good, which is obviously all the attitude era stuff. And that's, I don't think that's really, that's not how you fix the problem. You know, how you fix the problem is by taking the guys that you've got now and giving people a reason to care about seeing what they're doing next yeah. week. I just, like, at the minute, they've actually got good storylines ongoing. There are interesting ideas. There's, like, there's good characters developing. All you need to do is see the course. If they can yep. just see this through and just stick with it, regardless of a dip in ratings, because they were having a dip of ratings anyway, so it's not going to make any fucking... They've tried chopping and changing constantly, and that didn't work. They just need to go, we're doing this, and stick with it. Yeah, I think they've got decent characters now. They've got like potentially good storylines that could bubble up to the surface. They've got the world's best talent now in WWE. Absolutely, uh, without a doubt. On all spots on the card. Um, they just need to hold their nerve, and I think that yep, things will that's it. come good for them. Absolutely. But do you see any scenario where AJ Styles the title? Do you think no, that's no, no way does he win the title. Um, I don't think right now, no. Potentially, I could actually see it happening at Extreme Rules. I, I, I've got no real... I, I could see that occurring. I th- just don't think it happens here because it doesn't... Not in the we're going to make Reigns look strong way, but more in the... Um, it just doesn't fit any storyline at the minute, right? I don't, I, I don't know. I really like AJ Styles, but I don't think he fits as a champion yet and I think the most sensible thing to do is turn Reigns heel and have him sort of um, tread water with AJ Styles for a while and then bring Rollins back as a face and do that yeah I mean Reigns, that's a, that, that's probably their long term goal but I could see uh, Styles having a very short run with the belt um, do you like, think because they'd have, then they'd have to switch it back to Roman Reigns again Yeah, but and then Roman it. Reigns will be like a four time champion within the space of eight months yeah they want him to overtake Cena <laughs> ridiculous just as quickly as possible yeah uh that's that's the goal i reckon uh no i like i can see him um i i could potentially see him doing it very briefly but that also depends on what Rollins' return schedule is if if i'm right if it's may june styles there's no way styles gets the belt um because they they'll want to run a Rollins feud through to SummerSlam, uh and mm-hmm. that's what they'll do but if it's slightly further out and if there's a a doubt that he'll make SummerSlam, um, which I'd be surprised by. But if there is a doubt that he'll make SummerSlam, I could see Stars potentially getting the belt, even if it's only for a month or two. Hmm. Uh, and again, that also depends on other factors, like which way the Bullet Club swings, etc., etc. But mm-hmm. uh, at the minute, um, I I think they would be mad to turn Styles. So. 
I doubt that will happen. Actually, no, it's WWE, so that's probably what happened. I'll just turn styles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, no one would expect this. Well, I'd be like, yeah, because we didn't, we didn't want this. This was the, yeah. <laughs> this was the, the direct opposite of what we wanted WWE. Everyone expected it, but nobody wanted it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. That is the perfect description of WWE's booking. Yeah. <laughs> You're having this. You're like, oh. <laughs> oh. oh, are we still, are we going to eat that same shit sandwich again, WWE? Yeah. Come on. Um, but yeah, I, Honestly, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I don't mind Reigns with the belt, particularly because it's an interesting feud. There's possibilities here, and if it, I wouldn't mind him keeping it for a while uh, and just having some interesting matches with Styles, with the involvement of, of guys and then like potentially Shane McMahon, potentially Finn Balor. You've got different elements you can throw in the mix there, which makes it a, 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 an interesting prospect for once. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap it up. We'll be back uh, next week or so with uh, a look back at Payback. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, you can get us on Twitter at ByGodBlog. That's B-Y-G-A-W-D blog. You can get us on Tumblr at ByGod.tumblr.com. You can get me on Twitter as Halpret. H-A-L-B. You can get Peter's Colossal Blue. You can get Colin's uh, Bar 66, which is Bar with two R's. But for now, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.